going live now. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Good morning, everybody. everybody. This is, yes, it's March 24th. That was Rosemary saying hi from Hank, is it Hancock, Maine? Is that the right yes, it town, is. Rosemary? Yes, it is. Hancock, mm-hmm. Maine, Hancock, way Maine. up there, way down east. And we are so honored. Now, listen, we just, I just found out through the last couple of shows that if you're listening live, you can listen for a half an hour. However, we continue to broadcast for another 15 minutes, which goes on a podcast. So that 15 minutes that you may not hear, you can come back and listen to a podcast. So we, have, we are so honored to have this woman with us today, this amazing human, this amazing being. And uh, so we want to honor her. Hazel Moore, all the way from uh, what town in England? I come from Rochester in Kent in the southeast of England. Beautiful. On the west co- uh, east coast? No, it's in well it's in the south east. It's right down the bottom near near the channel that crosses over to France. Oh wow. That's so beautiful <laughs> to hear that to France. <laughs> well, listen, uh, here's, here's what we'd love to, to do. Uh, we, we, uh, Rosemary is on the line, obviously. Rebecca Tripp, who has been on the show many times about, with her book, uh, The Metaphysical Flight Attendant. And, so, and then hopefully Eileen will be calling in because she had a fantastic session with you yesterday. And so what we'd like you to do, Hazel, is tell your amazing story of how this all happened because I, once I heard... I read three or four sentences. I was blown away and was giving you a standing ovation here in Boston in my little apartment. So would you, t- would you share that with us? Yes, I would, Tom. Um, well, I awakened, I suppose you'd call it, but uh, really what I did was smash down the limiting beliefs in my mind. So about 30 years ago, you know, I didn't quite like how I was showing up in the world and I just wanted to be a better person. I didn't know anything about guides, life everlasting. I was just a normal, you know, girl living my life. But this yearning to be a better person and show up differently in the world, kind of, in truth, it just came upon me. Um, but, Tom, I really wanted to be a better person. I yearned for it like a drowning man yearns for fresh air. And so I knew that I'd hit a different vibration within my body because I could feel as those thoughts permeated my body, I was tingling all over. And so I literally sat down and wrote a list of the things that I thought weren't so good about me. And when I got to about 10, I thought, well, that's enough to be working on. And the next morning, truly, the very next morning, I walked down my stairs into my sitting room, and the whole room was filled with color, different colors, blue, green, yellow, pink, and... and it wasn't like a crystal hanging in the window effect. And as I looked into the colors, beings started to appear in the colors. You know, human beings, but I could see through them. And I just knew there was a knowing within me that this was another reality opening up to me. But you've got to remember, I didn't know anything about um, life everlasting, multidimensional reality. I didn't even know I was psychic. But I was not afraid and I felt completely safe. And 
a Chinaman walked out of one of the colors, which I now knew was his energy field, and started to speak to me telepathically. And he said to me, I'm going to take you on a journey. Oh, and Tom, I still cringe now when I think. I thought he was going to take me on a train journey. (laughs) But it came about a week later, the journey was to God, to what religion calls God, to my spirit. And I went through a huge learning curve where everywhere I went, this being walked in front of me, and I used to see green footsteps walking in front of me. And he taught me about human nature, the duality, the polarity of human nature. What was the mind and what was the heart? And how people who lived from the mind created chaos and disorder in their lives. And how people who lived from the heart created harmony and abundance and gave and shared without a second thought. And that they lived from this space, this level of consciousness within them. So that was the beginning, you know, 30 years ago of my journey into awakening to a different level within myself. And of course, since then, that led to me, when you awaken at that level from the heart, all you want to do is share. It literally is. You just want to share the good news, as corny as that sounds. Um, And then you realize, oh, my goodness me, nobody wants to listen. (laughs) uh, (laughs) It's true. So um, people were interested in the psychic side, you know, tell my fortune. Um, And so, you know, I was guided to go that route because that was my learning. So I joined, in those days, a spiritualist church because, you know, in the late 1970s, that's all there was. There was nothing like there is today. And I can tell you, Tom, it was the best of times and the worst of times, you know, to really see into the souls of human beings was a real eye-opener. And I have to say, Tom, I hated humans, (laughs) but Coming through my huge learning curve, I have come to care about and love humans. And it is now my joy and my passion um, to just guide them to this place where I now live from, because this is the place of oneness. It's the place where humanity is destined to go, and we are right on the bridge of this conscious evolution. And I am a bridge for people to take their hands, you know, from their pain and their suffering, to lead them across that bridge into the fifth dimension, which is the place the level of consciousness which everybody goes to when they die. But most people have to get rid of the physical body, which means they go unconscious for a while. But now we are given this dispensation where we can cross that bridge without losing consciousness, i.e. dying to the physical body. And this is so magical. And when you come from the right place of um, reframing your mindset, you know, from those limiting beliefs, which is what we all put in place to play the game of separation, 
Uh, we, we just <laughs> knocked those walls down and, you know, we think, why didn't I see this before? You know, you're standing there in awe and you think, why couldn't I see this before? You know, and all these walls, these which are limiting beliefs, you know, you're thinking, my God, my God. And then when you realize you did it to yourself, it's even more astonishing. So, you know, Jesus once said to me, let not your heart be troubled. But, you know, he said, you're going to get, I'm going to say it, you're going to get pissed off before you come to the peace bit. And, you know, that's what happened. That's my story in a nutshell. So, you know, I've Well, and, and, and the reason I'm chuckling is because the other two individuals on the phone right now, we chat all the time about exactly what you said. In fact, I just watched Jersey Boys, and I found it fascinating, fascinating that, um, you know, the lead character, um, Frankie Valley, says to his daughter, uh, listen, you have a gift. And he says, and when you have this gift, he says, <laughs> you want to share it, but nobody gives a you-know-what. <laughs> and, he, and he says, but but doesn't matter. You have to share it anyway. So we all identify. In fact, Rebecca and I talk about it every day. The how hard it is to try to reach the th- three-dimensional beings. So you know that's why I, we 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 have a we have a huge bond here, right, Rebecca? That's right. We do, and I love Did your I lose? story. So that was very inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, and Rosemary, do you want to add something right now? Uh, yes, for sure. I have been sitting here listening, and um, of course, I Hazel, I was on your your Facebook and and uh, reading up on your website, and I'm my mind was just blown away. Um, I I agree with so much you're saying. It's and the thing with me was it was hard for me to open up to others at first when I had my first experiences. And then finally just something clicked in me and I said, no, I'm I'm going to come out and I'm, I'm, I don't care what anybody thinks because I know that the, the, the people in my life, the ones that are meant to be in my life, will stick with me through this, you know, will, you know, uh, believe. So I'm, this is just like I said, um, I think Tom, you said this before on another show. Your 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 mind was blown and you were speechless. So, <laughs> I'm, yeah. Well, you know um, what I loved, Hazel, was you know I, I I read a little bit about that part, but you did what ninety nine percent of the world will not do. You put that into practice in your life because you walked from what most people would have thought was utopia, and you just. Yeah. Just took this giant right. leap. You want to talk about that? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Well, I um, I have been married twice, um, and the second time is um, over 20 years ago now. And I moved to Cyprus, and and you know we truly had this idyllic home, island in the sun, uh, swimming pool, uh, orchards all around us in our garden, and so on. Mountains behind, the sea in front. But, um, you know, Tom, I, it took me a long time to own that I could not still bring love and hold a space of love to someone who was cruel. I just could not accept that I could not 
maintain a balance of love and prevent this energy keep coming at me. And I literally felt as though I was dying. I could feel my energy field being more and more depleted, and it was it was as though I was dying. And I just woke up one day and knew I had to just walk away, that we cannot, just cannot feed pearls to swine. And, and it's very difficult, in fact, almost impossible to stay in the same energy as as that density of uh, emotional is such a dense energy. And because we live in gravity, which is part of the game, the, the rules of the game are we come into gravity, um, it just pulls us down. And yet, Tom, I've since realized it is meant to, so that we can see exactly what is us and what is them in the game of separation. And once I realized that, I came Ooh. into unity. And, of course, I realized as well that um, uh, love is a universal thing. It's not um, necessarily just for relationships. Um, but I learned the exact opposite of life, which, as we know, evil if you're using live and I learned I went to the nth degree of the density of separation from love which is God so um, the build up to me leaving yes was to me Uh, and I walked away with just a suitcase and I had about 350 pounds and I went home and I slept on my mum's sofa and I was 56 years old at the time but I didn't give that a second thought I knew I was safe and I knew that I was walking onto a different timeline so but what took me the time was really grasping that love could not change it I could not change it so you know looking back I'm still trying to change another person you know, by holding the space for love, which to me now is is a self-abuse. So I was abusing myself by staying. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh, total. I I think, uh, I know Rebecca and I have certainly lived that, and I think, uh, uh, Rosemary, you told me stories similar. And so I think it is part of the path and and part of the game. Go ahead, Rosemary. Yes, uh, it's a, like I'm, I'm just trying to find my words here. <laughs> Honestly, I uh, the the changes that I have uh, you know been going through is the best way I could put it right now. In the past few years, um, I was I wanted to to ask Hazel a question about something. Uh, let's see what's your your point of view was on it. It was something I experienced. I want to say it has to be about four years ago. I was um, was in the middle of the night while I was sleeping. My husband said that I had sat right up in bed and it sounded like I was, you know, I had stopped breathing and then I just had taken this huge deep breath in when I sat up. And what happened was I was, quote, some say was like dreaming 
but I, I put it in other words. I had walked through um, most of my, my apartment, and I'd come out to where the dining table is, and I saw this beautiful, it was so very peaceful. It was like a beautiful mist. It was in my kitchen, and I it, it was coming closer, and when I went towards it, my father, who passed away over 13 years ago, he I, he came out at me, reached his arms, pushed me away, and said no. And that's all I remember. And that's when my husband said, I, I sat up and I took this breath, and it scared him. It really did. He didn't know what, it woke him right up. He sat up, said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I, I started explaining to him what had happened. And I said, I just, I said, because many times my father's come through to me. And this one was, he oh, just, so, so, he, hmm. so he, so your he question, reached out. Uh, yeah, so, you, so did my, you, do you have a specific question about, about that? Yes, I did for Hazel. What would you say I experienced? Well, I would you were in both realities, the fifth dimension, which is where your father reached out to you, and in your semi-conscious um, mindset, you were there with him, and you had obviously, um, where you decided not to breathe for even a nanosecond, you were making a choice then and there whether to leave this planet or not, and, you know, you had made that choice, but your soul, your higher self, which is in charge of all of us, that has that say-so, was working through your father, because obviously you trust and love your father, and mm-hmm. said to you, no, you must, it's not your time, you're going back, and so um, <laughs> you breathed again, but it, it's all in a nanosecond. You see, when you're in the heart, Rosemary, you're outside of time and space. So that could have, you know, and time is measured by how much pain and suffering we're going through, literally. That is the measurement of time. And when we're in our heart, we're not suffering and we're not in pain. So everything happens in a nanosecond. And that is how, you know, um, religionists and the Bible say God made the earth in seven days, but, you know, it took about, what, 10 billion years, because that's all the pain and suffering we've been through. That's the scientific reasoning, you know. But, yeah, your father was in the fifth dimension, Rosemary, and you were there making the decision to literally live or die, to give up yeah. this physicality. Well, and um, your father said, told you no. Right. Because it's not right. your decision. It's not our decision. It's a decision made by the higher self. But so, um, you know, there must have been things going on in you, Rosemary, that you, um, you know, you must have deliberated over your life, the purpose of it, and, you know, all those kinds of questions. That wouldn't just happen. You wouldn't just go to, to, to sleep, you know, a very happy person, you know, content and living from the heart and decide to leave the planet. Then yeah. you know everything's got um, a trigger, right? right. I've had he's, well, come, you know, he's I've, come through to me many times. Wow! Well, listen, like I want to pick up Hazel if I can. I want to pick up on this whole 
uh, negative field. Uh, I think, you know, Rebecca and I have talked about this in the past, and when in her book, The Metaphysical Flight Attendant, she goes through her three marriages and, and the lessons that she, she learned in that. And, what, it, you know, and, I, and I, anybody who's listening, I think this is extremely important. This is why I found that part of your story so, so, so deep and so strong and it's such a pivotal point because there's a mixed message that comes with all of this love and this uh, transcending is that we think that we're immune from a negative field, but it is impossible for any negative, a positive force to go into a negative field and maintain the same level of positivity. It's impossible. No, and so you're right. You, you, you mm-hmm. kept go- yeah, you go into this toxic, and, and, and it's so, because of the other, and I want to get this because this is, was a, a main theme in my life. The rest of the three-dimensional world is looking at your house in Cyprus and the idyllic, the orchards and everything else and saying, what are you, crazy? Why would you leave that? And, you're, and yet, you're, like you say, inside you're dying. And so you had the courage to do that, but then explain the miracles that happened. All of a sudden, you were okay financially, everything else. Yeah, do you know what happened, Tom? Yeah, and I can say it was truly idyllic, but um, it's people that matter. It's the exchange of energy, a harmony, and that between our hearts that matter. And if you're cohabiting with a person who lives from their mind, which is someone who will revere the orchards and the views and the idyllic lifestyle. They will revere that in a materialistic way because it's all from their mind. And they will put their value on, well, you know, look, look at this, as you well know, from a material viewpoint. But from someone who's living from the heart, the feelings have to be there, the ebb and the flow of the giving and the receiving in, you know, a, a harmoniously rich way. Um, but like you, I I was astonished that I could not maintain that vibration <laughs> of love. I just couldn't. In my voice, I was still a bit amazed. But you know, the day I made the decision, and I'll tell you this as well, I can tell you it, it was in March, I put it in my journal, and I, I was sitting on the sofa with my then husband, and I actually felt something in my physical heart die. And I knew it was me yep. being removed from that field, that energy field. So I told him the very next morning that I was going home to him, England, that I didn't want anything from him, that it was my decision, and, you know. And do you know, 24 hours later, my sister telephoned me, and she said, we bought a flat for you in the village where they live, so you can come and you can live in it and you can recover, you know. And I walked, you know, I went and stayed with my mum and then we got the keys to the flat and, you know, they furnished it and, you know, there is a safety net for all of us when we follow the heart. There are no mistakes. There are just no mistakes and it is just about trusting Now, the other thing that the world does, you know, with this idyllic home and all of that, they think that is, there is no such thing as safety. The only safety there is is in believing there is none. 
You know, there is only unsafety. Believe in unsafety, you're much more safe, you know? And so when we believe in safety, we keep trying to live in that 3D world with things and jobs and insurance policies and, you know, and there is no safety in that. And we spend all our energy trying to get it, you know? And I think just give it up. Just give up safety. Be unsafe and then you'll be safe. You know, the reason Rebecca knows why I'm laughing because Rebecca and I have entered that that world, and you know, and Rosemary is coming along at, at light speed herself, and um, <laughs> I, I I do so love it when everything that I've been saying all along I can finally find, you know, Rebecca and I can find and Rosemary as well find somebody like you who can express exactly what our feelings are, and you have. You know, transformed as as anybody who reads your story and anybody listening to you right now, you have trans- transformed into a fifth dimensional being, and and mm-hmm. we're kind of like flying out of that cocoon, going, "Wow, look at this!" But we're still, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's still all these three dimensional beings, and it's tough to break through to the next level. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the thing that people like us, um, you know, need to understand, the pioneers, if you like, is that every single person on the planet has come with a preset plan and they put their limiting beliefs in place and it's in their DNA and so we've got to discern who are the ones who are coming with us and who are the ones that are going to stay in that third dimensional place because they choose to they really choose to yes and the ones that are coming we don't have to do anything I I call everything forth from within me I don't go out looking for anything. I don't even use the law of attraction. I call forth from my spirit all that I want to manifest because I am that spirit. I'm not separate from it. The separation is just the limiting belief. So, you know, we don't have to worry about any of that. We don't have to go out finding clients or people to fix and save, as you well know. You know, we we just call forth the people that said they'd show up to, you know, cram the bridge of consciousness full of us. Rebecca knows why I'm laughing. Go ahead. Go ahead. But it's, and then we play another story, but it's a, a better one, you know. We're done with the torture and the, um, you know, uh, the torture and the pain and the suffering and the sickness and disease in the body. We're done with all of that because the body is no longer the battleground for the thoughts and the emotions, you know. It's just um, joyful. So, you know, our little cells are zinging along with us. <laughs> well, I love the way you're explaining it, It's wow. so inspiring. You know, and there's so many people that are hungry for your message because they're, they are, you know, like you were, stuck living with a three-dimensional person. I know I was stuck there, too, and I had to walk out. And, you know, to give people the courage to just walk out sometimes with nothing and start over again and know that they will be taken care of is a very uplifting thing to hear. Wow. About, you know... Uh, trust and faith are the antidote, aren't they, to fear and, you know, catastrophe. It's that simple, really. You just decide to trust yourself, not anyone else. I've never trusted anybody else on the planet because I don't need to. I trust myself. I trust myself. <laughs> oh, so I don't need to trust anybody else. It doesn't make sense, does it? 
laughing at Fred. Laughing. He's got a lovely laugh. Well, again, Rebecca knows because we've come to this place, and um, and you're right. I love the fact that I used to be a big law of attraction guy. Blah blah blah, and then. You know, and and I've dropped all of that, and and you start to understand. And in, in my number one operative is exactly that trust. And I, I'd like to just add my the, dif- the distinction between trust and faith. <clears throat> I can have faith that a babysitter is a great babysitter, but when I decide to give my child to that babysitter, when I make that commitment, when I make that sacrifice, and I give up something that's extremely valued to me, that is trust. That is a relationship between me and that babysitter. And the same thing with trusting our spirit, our soul. And, and do you right. agree? So, yeah, I do, because when you trust, let's just say life, when you trust your spirit, um, that leads to discernment. You cannot discern without having trust in the spirit. So automatically you would discern that your babysitter, you know, you can trust her, because you've discerned it, because you trust in your spirit, which gives you everything you need to know in the moment that you need to know it and not before. Um, and that's how it works hand in hand, yes. But if, and if you trust your spirit, you will discern, no, I cannot entrust anything to that babysitter. And that's okay. I'm just being shown that I cannot through my discernment. So, yeah, trust first and then discernment follows. And so well, well, and it wasn't so much. I was using the ca- case of the babysitter simply so that people could understand. But in other words, what people really have to do, instead of having faith in their spirit, they have to have a relationship with it. They have to trust it, yes. and they have to be willing to give up. Mm-hmm. Yes. that's what I'm talking about. And, well, and I've done that. And this is. And, and can you talk about how scary that is at first to do? Well, it wasn't scary to me because, as I said to you, with my awakening, when I wanted to be a better person, you know, I wasn't messing around. I didn't have masks in place saying, you know, yeah, I do want to be be a better person, but, you know, it's like somebody wants to give up smoking. Yeah, I do, but then they're sneaking out to have a cigarette, you know. Um, I really wanted it, so I hit that vibration. And so then the colors appeared and the trust that was in my heart followed through and I felt safe. So my relationship built because I yearned for it. It's not the other way around. Because they're facing their development, then they're not doing it from the heart. Like, for example, you can have people that take drugs to uh, open up their psyche. And many, many of those are in fear because they're in their mind where there is no safety. And then you have people, um, you know, you have these um, gurus who teach from the mind, you know, like 2,777 steps, spin this way, spin that way, spin 10 <laughs> times the other way, and then, you know, you will create your Merkaba. Do you know what I mean? That's all from the mind. And I can tell you that many people go crazy from trying to mess with metaphysics from the mind. It's only from the heart where it is, Simple, because all spiritual truths are simple. If you are ever talking to someone who makes it complicated, then you can bet your bottom dollar they don't know what they're talking about. It's all <laughs> simple from the heart. If I wasn't holding the phone, I'd give you a standing ovation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fabulous. Uh, Rebecca, you want to add anything? <laughs> 
I agree yeah. totally with the simplicity. I mean, the revelation came to me one day. That's why we miss it for so much of our life sometimes because it's so simple we can't see it, but it's right there, and that's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Rosemary, Rose you want to say something? Yes, yes. Uh, the whole thing uh, about, you say, the simplicity is, I find it is in letting go, letting go of all the, you know, shaking off all, all just the the unnecessary and keeping it simple, completely it's simple with your whole life. When you go into the stillness and you are just quiet, everything from the mind is so clear. You just go into the stillness. It's not difficult. It, you know, it's not painful. You just go into the stillness. Um, you can, you know, obviously it's a process. You can't just go from a chaotic mind to being totally still. And that's why meditation is a beautiful stepping stone. You know, I don't meditate now. I just go into the stillness at the click of my fingers. But meditation helps me to be able to get to that place very, very quickly. And it is just slow down. Slow down the mind. Soften soften the throat and just, oh, you know, when you have that lovely first sip of your coffee or, or wine, if that's your thing, and you take that first sip and you go, oh, that's mm-hmm. right there. In that moment, that is what, where we need to be to unlock the magic. But of course, you know, that happens that you stay there for a nanosecond and then you stay there for a full second and then you stay there for five seconds. And before you know it, you're living from there all the time. Because every time you go into that, oh, that deep letting go, you are washing yourself clean, literally, from your spirit. You know, that's the other thing. When when people go for healing... And people are saying, oh, let go, release this, release that and the other. If their bodies are in a contraction, if they're tense, there's no way they're going to release anything. The body, one thing that is mandatory is that the body must be in a relaxed state for all of those knots and kinks, you know, that emotional trauma to be loosened. And then we transform it. And you do it by just in that moment of, it's a simple appreciating the coffee or the wine in the moment. It's magical, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Well, Re- Rebecca has Rebecca has taught uh, mind, con- you know, silver mind control meditation for years, and so Rebecca, I'll let you c- jump on that. I one. went and learned that. <laughs> well, I love the way you <laughs> you're, you know, letting people know that all the answers are within, and stepping into the fifth dimension is such a fabulous, glorious thing to, to do if if someone can find their way into it. And I, I think some of the things you're saying are just clarifying for so many people, you know, feelings they've had. But it's nice to have someone reiterate and confirm that this is real because a lot of people are getting this, this feeling that something's happening, it's shifting, but, you know, they need they need confirmation from people like you that have stepped into it fully. And that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's happening. It, it, it's wonderful. And, and people like myself and Tom and you, we are there then to hold that space. We're there to hold the alignment of that level of consciousness so that those that are just one step behind us 
can move us into it with ease and grace. Uh, and that's that's how I see my mission and my joy. I'm holding that space now. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's thousands of us holding that same space and we're building that new level of consciousness um, for, for, as I've just said, for others to just step into a lot more easily than we found it because we've mm. got the keys. We've got the keys right. and codes. And keys and codes are just the know-how, the simplicity of switching over. And the fifth dimension is what um, spiritualists call um, the summer land. And it's where everyone goes when they die. They all, everyone goes there. Everyone goes to this heaven. You know, we call it heaven, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. Consciousness, where your father is, where my father is, and my mother, and my brothers, and, you know. And the veils, which are the limiting beliefs, are getting thinner and thinner. And it's not that, that um, consciousness is getting thinner per se. It's that people's beliefs are changing. It's the beliefs that hold our worlds in place. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. I I, I tell um, uh, Hazel, I tell a story, but it seems lately almost every show, uh, my 18-year-old daughter just about decides that she's going to quit college. And I, I, it shocked me because she was in drama school, which is all she ever wanted to be was a, an, an actor, a writer, um, whatever. And so she was going to counseling at the time. I was fresh out of a divorce. And occasionally I would go to the counselor with her. And so I called the counselor and I said, we've got to work on this kid. We've got to get her back into school. And so with a Ph.D. in counseling and I have an advanced degree and maybe 40 years combined more life experience than this 18-year-old, we drilled her on all the benefits, all of the third, three-dimensional benefits of getting a degree and the poor kid sat there for 40 didn't get a chance to talk and at the end of 45 minutes we said to her so and she said well i have to agree with every argument you said you know more income maybe better relationships the fact that i have the degree says everything you made sense and i don't have an answer to any of that so i said to her so great you're going back right and she looked at us and said no (laughs) and i said why not and she looked at me and said because it's not in my heart. Yeah. And well, like I woke up I woke up that day to a reality that shocked me that it made all the sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm really pleased for you, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, well, you know, I I have an animation project that Rosemary and Rebecca are familiar with, and our our, our theme is use your being, trust your heart, follow your gut. And yeah, you're right. It's because it, it has to be planted in the heart for it to happen. Yes, yes, it does. But and it's already there. We must remember this as well that everything is already in our DNA when we are born. And we're going to walk the path we're walking, and we can either walk it kicking and screaming, or we can walk it with ease and grace. That takes the judgment away. Some don't want what we want, you know? It's that simple. They've just chosen another experience for this timeline. 
And for me, that takes all the judgment uh, and everything away. And it truly is live and let live without judgment, without trying to fix, without trying to save. And we will naturally gravitate to our own tribe, you know, um, which is what we're doing right now, the three of us, you know. We're, we're in the same <laughs> tribe, yeah. we're in the same timeline, you know. And and so that really helped me because when I first awakened, you know, oh, it was I was walking on air, and I just wanted everybody to know, you know. And like I said, <laughs> 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 it's true. Uh, it's true. <laughs> and you can't understand. It's true. Look what I've got. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rebecca and I had this conversation this morning. <laughs> You can't go around telling. Now we know why they nailed Jesus to a cross. <laughs> he yeah. was telling them stuff that they weren't ready to hear. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that that is absolutely yeah. right. And in our own ways, you know, I'm sure the three of us have been nailed to our own crosses over and over again. But you know, I just say, no more. I'm done. I'm done with pain and suffering. And mm-hmm. Take part in it, you know. Um. But that was my biggest hurdle was really, you know, because, you know, you hear this cliche, don't you? You know, uh, love changes everything and, you know, love can survive <laughs> with that to another. And it's another myth, isn't it? It's another myth we've got to conquer. Um, it's like when I was a little girl and people used to say, oh, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never, never hurt you. And I used to think, what are they talking about? The words hurt me all the time. <laughs> and and I, I wanted to believe them because adults were telling me this, you know. And I was thinking, but it must be true because mum's saying it, you know, but she's saying it. But it's not true, you know. And so we grow up in this mishmash of confusion and chaos, you know. And even the nursery rhymes we tell our dear children, you know, like, Little Miss Muffet sat on the tuffet, and along come a great spider. Everything's <laughs> oh, inside out and upside Everything, you know. And, and the beautiful stories, the beautiful stories are, are thrown out, you know, with the baby and the bathwater. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, one thing... It is absolutely fabulous, and I, Rosemary, do you have anything to add? Yeah, well, I was actually going to um, uh, tell Hazel about Victoria and how okay, she we've got has... about we've got about two minutes, two minutes, and we're going to get shut off. So go ahead. Okay, Hazel, are you uh, familiar with uh, Rett syndrome? R E T T. R E T T. No, I'm not, um, Rebecca. Rosemary, tell me about it. Well, my my youngest daughter has Rett syndrome. It's a debilitating neurological movement disorder, and you know we're we're on the, uh, a spiritual thing you know, on the path here. And Victoria, when she was diagnosed, I was I, I was put into a shock for about a month, and I came out of that, and I said, you know, she she's not going to get anywhere unless I, you know, pick myself up. Now, I brought this up because I told Tom about a dream I had had, and I wanted to share that with another dream here that I had had, this just the other night. I was hanging 
off the side of a you know a, a rocky cliff. There was waves. I was right by. I was right near the ocean, and these waves were just they were wild. They were going. They the it, it was turbulent, and there was a float down below me. It was far down below me. And I said to myself, you know, I said, ah, I said, I can just let go. This is in my dream. I said, I can just let go. I can just, you know, I don't I don't want to just hang here anymore. I can let go and fall on that float. It's it's going it's going to hurt, but I'll just lay there and float. Well, all of a sudden I just lifted myself up after saying this. I pushed myself up. And I was standing on the side of this cliff, and I looked down over the side. I smiled and walked away. And this this is all that was in there. I I was making, I was going, deciding whether I should make the decision of letting go and just, you know, floating or saying, no, I'm going to push myself up. I'm going to bring myself up. I'm going to get off my butt, and I'm <laughs> going to, you know, get myself on my feet again. Yeah, yeah. Good. We yeah, got about ten it, seconds. You made okay. that decision to Excellent. focus, and that knowing and that will is the spiritual essence that is in, in all of us that gives us what that very thing you're talking about. No, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to get on my feet.